Welcome to By Who's For Who's, brought to you by UPC Summer Series, a podcast to talk about all things grounds related, answer questions, provide unwarranted opinions, and make fun of our favorite school. My name is Caroline Weiss. I'm a second year in the College of Arts and Sciences. My major is philosophy for now. Pronouns are she, her, and hers. My name is Michael Kim. I'm a second year and I'm studying cognitive science and my pronouns are he, him, his. And we are your co-hosts. Today we're joined by a very special guest, my first year RA, Logan Mirtha. Logan, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, of course. Hi, everybody. I'm Logan Murtha. I'm going to be a fourth year. I study marketing in McIntyre, and I also study women, gender, and sexuality in the college, and my pronouns are she, her, hers. Welcome. It's nice to meet you. Thank you. (laughs) Good to be here. Logan was undoubtedly the best RA ever, but now, oh, and just to clarify for those listening, RA means residential advisor. So she is... um, the person who lived on my hall and was essentially like a big big sister to all the young women um, coming in as first years on the hall. And but now she's being promoted to an SR. Logan, what does an SR stand for? So SR is a senior resident. Um, and so the way I like to think of it is it's kind of like the RA for the RAs. Um, but you live in the building, but you don't have a hall. Um, and you know, you're sort of the point person that helps the RAs come into their role. And you're also a resource for the residents just as much as their RAs are, you know, maybe you're the person you have to follow up with, but they're also just as much of a helpful resource as your RA is. So are you not like bummed out that you don't have your own hall of residents that can be like, oh, this is my RA and be a part of that. Like- that is an open wound. I'm so sad to not have a hall. Like, you guys don't understand how much I love being an RA. Like if they would let me have a hall and be SR, like I would in a heartbeat. Um, but unfortunately, I will not have residents to call my own. And I will just have to be a little bit sad about that. Oh. Well, I'm- the other RAs could be your residents then. <laughs> exactly. That's how I think about it. And I'm very selfishly kind of glad that you don't have another hall because I just want our hall to be the one you went out on. You know, it was the the final hurrah. Oh, I simply cannot comment. I love both my halls. (laughs) Right, right. They're both amazing. Not going down that path. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Good answer. (laughs) Okay, how about Caroline as an individual then? Was she she a good resident? (laughs) She was an incredible resident. All of them were. I was not. You know I wasn't a good resident. Logan, like I loved Logan so much and I just wanted Logan to respect me but I was a spaz on the hall for sure um definitely played music too loud definitely you know made messes but Logan was the perfect big sister to help like guide us through the craziness what made you want to be an RA Logan Everyone loves to ask this question, and I think for me, it's almost like there isn't an answer. Um, I wanted to be an RA before I got to college, even. I think in a lot of ways, it fit my personality. I I really like to be in mentorship roles, um, sort of like guiding people through something that I've been through before. UVA was not my first choice. It was not my second or third choice (laughs) in college. You know, it was pretty low on the list, to be honest. And, you know, a few rejection letters later here I was. And a lot of RAs will tell you they didn't have like the best first year. Um, And some of them like really did. And I think either way you can be a great RA. Um, But I think for me, not really coming in like bleeding orange and blue, feeling like I had my place here. 
that really helped me to, you know, be there for the residents who were having the same experience. Um, and so, you know, I wanted to help create a home for everybody, you know, in a place that I didn't feel like I immediately had a home. And so, yeah, that was why, like, I initially applied and then loved the job so much that I just had to keep coming back. And it's also, like, something so natural to you, it's hard to explain. Exactly. there doesn't, you don't feel like there has to be a big reason because you just feel so compelled to do it. Michael, did you ever consider being an RA? Yeah, I actually applied and I didn't get it, but I think that, I was, like, really sad at first, but I think that was for the best because I'm not returning back for the fall this semester and living situation and the training and all that, I think that would have taken away some of my time that I've been like devoting at home this summer right now. So I think everything happens for the best. And if one door of opportunity closes, there's always another door that's gonna open. So you can't dwell on the things that you missed out in the past. And I think that goes for like any first year experience that happens because a lot of things happen first year. You can miss out and have that FOMO going on. And I think that's like a larger message about going to UVA is for so many things, there's just more qualified people than there are like positions. And, you know, maybe that goes for being an RA, but it also goes for a hundred other things. And a lot of people come in without having that first failure experience. But before you know it, we will be building your failure resume. Mine's like two pages at this point. Um, and it's just <laughs> something you got to learn to embrace. Mine's for sure longer than my regular resume. I honestly think that's like a really important thing for us to know, like, because you, a wonderful thing about UVA is a lot of people are coming from schools where they were exceeding expectations and they were getting straight A's and they were overperforming in a lot of ways. And then you come to UVA and you don't get the grades that you wanted and you don't get into you guides at myself and you don't get into XYZ different thing that you thought was going to be your, your move. But it's truly one door closes, another door opens. And I think that might be my biggest takeaway from first year in general. Um, there's always, you know, the next big thing coming. And I was, I'm in state. So the transition to coming to UV was, was fairly smooth. And because I have a lot of people I knew and just a lot of out of state friends too. I think they, I have some friends that were struggling in the beginning to really get on with the vibe and see that this Virginia atmosphere is different. But yeah, Logan, were you in-state or out-of-state? Yeah, um, I was in-state. I hail from Northern Virginia, like a lot of people you will meet. Like those um, of us, and, Michael and I. <laughs> <laughs> I think for me, that was actually part of the reason why I wasn't like super hot on UVA at the beginning. I just felt like, oh my gosh, I know so many people here already. It's like not mm. that different than what I've been doing the past 18 years. Um, totally like for the best I think those rejection letters I got were for the best one door closes another one opens totally agree and you're going into your fourth year do you think you'll um want to stay in Nova post-graduation or what are you what are you thinking I would say almost definitely not um for a ton <laughs> of reasons primarily I don't know how I would afford that I don't know where I want to be after I graduate. Um, that's a very scary thing to admit. Um, but we will just see where I am in 365 days. Who knows? Maybe you can just stay in one of the dorms just like one more year just to figure things out. <laughs> right. Because you've been, you've been living in a dorm genuinely since you, you showed up at UVA. You haven't had a single different experience, which I think is admirable to say the least because I couldn't wait to get out of my dorm the second I got in. But 
I was really scared coming to UVA. I remember I got um, this little email from you you're over the summer, like before grounds was even a possibility. And it, there was your picture and you looked sweet and you were wearing a sunflower dress. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like, how am I going to make friends with this person? How am I going to get my RA to like me? Is she going to be really strict or unwilling to engage? Like, there's just, it feels like there's so much power that this older sibling type role has over you. And why do you think people have that misconception? Why do you think people are so scared of their RAs? Yeah, I think that you are certainly not the only person that feels that way. And I remember the first time you told me that, I was so sad because like my biggest thing, like I feel the same way about my residents. It's sort of like when you see like an animal in the wilderness and people are like, they're more scared of you than you are of them. Like that's your <laughs> like, I just want you guys to love me. Uh, but no, like I think that RAs you see in like, movies or like you hear about horror stories um and they're just there to like enforce the rules and get you in trouble like maybe you've even heard that about like another school um I totally get that that's the reputation but I also hope that like at UVA we very quickly break that down um you know our role is first and foremost to like make sure you're safe and happy and finding your place and that's always been my priority I know that's the priority of all my RA friends how are you guys doing? And, you know, are you transitioning well? And how can I be the best support I can be for you all? Um, so yeah, that misconception always makes me so sad, because my number one goal is to like, get you all to like me. Um, and I, I appreciate that you remember that I asked you guys to think of me as a big sister. I also think there's like the mom misconception. I am not your mother. Um, just like cool <laughs> older sister that you like tell things to. <laughs> you will not do your laundry for them <laughs> no <laughs> think so um how do RAs get trained to be someone who can help their residents with their me mental and physical well-being yeah um there's a lot of training we have to do because there's a million things you might experience as an RA um and help your residents go through so we do something called a week or orientation week um which is a misconception or like misnomer because it's actually like two weeks, but um, it's like all day, every day. We sit in Gilmer 1.30 um, and it's probably like 10 hours a day of training. Wow. Um, you know, sometimes it's just people talking at us about all these different things. Sometimes we do role play activities, um, but it, I mean, like it's a lot. It is very in-depth training. I remember my first O week just feeling like I came away as like a new person, sort of like simultaneously ready to handle everything and simultaneously like oh my gosh how would I deal with any of that and yeah it's like very holistic I felt super prepared after it um, and you do it every year no matter if you're a returning RA um, and this summer because of social distancing guidelines um, we've been doing virtual training since basically the beginning of July so we're doing about two months of training this year um, so that we are extra prepared for all the new challenges of 2020 and so, yeah, you never have to worry that your RA is not properly trained, because I promise mm. you, we have received very much of that. <laughs> wow, the training is like, it's not even oh month, it's like, oh, season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do, you, okay, do you ever feel that you don't take your own advice that you give to your residents, though? Like, you tell your residents, oh, like, 
make sure you get some sleep, make sure you like eat healthy. But do you ever find yourself that you're not doing any of that? So yes, for sure. Um, <laughs> totally guilty of that. I feel very called out. Um, <laughs> I also think like with that, a point of clarification, like I like don't even try to like give my residents advice. Like I try mm-hmm. to help them give themselves advice. We, you know, without saying too much about the method behind the madness of what we do, um, <laughs> a lot of the conversations you have with a resident is just like sort of empowering them to realize like what they need for themselves rather than you as the RA, like with your perspective, you know, like I'll give advice if, they, if they're really asking for it. But I think more often than, than not, you know what you need for yourself. And I'm just like that person to help you realize what that is to uncover it. But yeah, certainly some of the things I've helped my RAs through or my residents through, um, I could use a little bit help myself. I remember um, going through something that was kind of rough my first year as an RA. And I was talking to my residents about it. And one of them said, RAs need RAs too. And I yeah. like, I've never forgotten that. Um, and it's a really good reminder to like, you know, I can't pour from an empty cup. You know, I got to be okay if I'm going to help other people be okay. It's like the perfect metaphor because now you are an RA for an RA as a senior residential <laughs> advisor. Um, so maybe SRs need residential advisors as well. Like maybe it's just an endless cycle of yes. us all needing um, a little support. But I really liked what you said about not giving advice to your residents. And there were definitely times where I would knock on your door and I would be like, tell me what to do. Um, I would lay out an entire situation and you would be like, dude, like this is your life. Definitely like I'm here for you. I'm here to support you, but I will not tell you what to do, which I really appreciated. Because again, you're, you're not a mother. You're just there to support as best you can and make the whole really fun. Um, one thing that I loved that you did on the hall was you had this big poster in the shape of a refrigerator. Um, and she <laughs> it had the title on top, Family Fridge. And all of us on the hall got to write on little sticky notes, the wonderful things that we saw each other doing. So it was just like a community on our hall of 21 young women pointing out the things that we saw each other doing and <laughs> the ways we wanted to celebrate what was going on on the hall. And some of them were silly and some of them were serious, but that was all you, Logan. I encourage (laughs) any RAs listening to, um, you know, do something like that. Yeah, no, that was super sweet. And I, in all honesty, stole that from another RA. You know, that's nothing to do (laughs) with that original. Credit where credit is due, yes. But no, that's so sweet. And I think, you know, we've already talked about, like, you'll probably experience a failure or two in your first year. And I just think seeing all those positive things that you've accomplished, big and small, when you're walking down the hall, can add a lot of valuable perspective of, I've also come a long way and I've I've accomplished a lot. Yeah, I think it is important to focus on the positives as well. Your guys' hall sounds way closer than mine, I think. I don't know if it's like experience to share as well because like not everybody has that experience what was living on your hall like um michael i think like we were all very chill when we had in the beginning there was a few we had more meetings with all all together in the hall in the lounge with our ra and ra would check in on us throughout the year like decreased the number of times that we did it whenever that happened we would always just like joke around with each other our ra would like throw us candy and we'd always try to get more candy out of him (laughs) but we never hung out a lot together we were always just like see each other in the bathroom and then like in the hallways but all of our doors were closed it wasn't a very just like run into your room at like 3 a.m in the morning it wasn't that vibe but it was very nice because we were all still very close and 
we were like respectfully within each other's boundaries. I yeah, and I wouldn't want anyone to you know listen to this and be like, oh, like my hole is definitely gonna be like Caroline and Logan's, or my hole is definitely gonna be like Michael's. <laughs> I I think like every RA is different, and they're they'll run their halls differently, um, and that's like totally okay. But I think you know even more than that is at the end of the day, your hallmates are random. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe you picked your roommate, but you didn't pick your entire hall. And it is totally possible and totally okay if you guys don't like mesh from the start. Um, my first year hall like really wasn't close. You know, there were like smaller friend groups, but it wasn't like the hall we lived on last year where we were those people running around at 3 a.m. into each other's open doors. <laughs> and I think, you know, it's like it's important to coexist with your hallmates and like, you know, conflict free is ideal. And like if you're besties, that is wonderful. But you have a whole other slew of communities out there to find. And your RA could be your bestie. You never know. <laughs> That's true. But I do want to talk a little bit about the issues of having a roommate because this is the first time people have ever lived with anyone else in a lot of cases. What advice do you have for coming in fresh to a roommate situation? You know, I'm I'm glad we can talk about this because I think, you know, even if it's like your very best friend, like living in a shoebox with somebody is hard. It's hard if you have never met them before. It's hard if you grew up with them, you know, no matter what. And so we do a little thing at the beginning of the year that all the roommate pairs have to do. It's called your roommate agreement. And I think at the time it's, you know, you're still in like the honeymoon phase and it's very easy to be like, I don't have any preferences, like do whatever you want. And that I is so true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I think, like, I would actually really encourage you all listening to take that roommate agreement a little bit more seriously, like, use that time to have your first, like, real talk with your roommate and be honest about the things that will bother you, the things that you actually don't care about, because, you know, when something does happen, again, like, RAs will often, like, pull that out and be like, okay, like, let's reevaluate the roommate agreement. Um, And, you know, it's something that you can always update, but I think it's just kind of a good excuse to, like, really sit down and be honest about, you know, the type of person you want to live with and the type of person you can be as you live with somebody else. Even if it's like an awkward conversation at the beginning, you'll be grateful that you did it. I would hope roomy like conflicts as we call them, like they're bound to happen and it might be over something small. It might be over something more serious, but you know, the best thing you can do is communicate about it. You know, I think the most common thing you see is like, it was something really small at first and then it wasn't addressed. And a month later, now we're blowing up over it. You know, (laughs) And like, I totally get that, but you know, it's easier to um, solve something when it only needs a bandaid versus when it needs surgery. Um, And so, you know, just having that open communication with your roommate or knowing that, you know, oh, I've reached this point where I can't even talk about this productively with my roommate, that's when you bring in your RA. And um, roommate conflicts are something we are totally prepared to handle, see it all the time. So don't be afraid to ask your RA for some help um, if you're having some growing pains. Yeah, what is it, the roommate agreement? I, I was I was in the beginning, I was like, oh, I'm fine with everything, don't worry. And as a like, few weeks in more, I realized like, oh, there are things that I'm not okay with. So it was like, oh, wait, I wish we did the roommate agreement a little later after like I spent a little bit more time but it wasn't a big problem because if I felt the need to say something I would tell him and if I needed to vent to someone I would just vent to someone else and I would always like keep in mind that you can't direct your anger to someone unless you communicate with them beforehand so I was like I think that's the important thing to remember that if you ever get in a conflict with your roommate like try to work things out before you clash because that's not pretty (laughs) Yeah. And and I think with that, like 90%, 95% of the time, 
they don't know they're doing something that's bothering you and that you're not doing it like with any bad intentions so that simple like hey like I would prefer if you did x like that might be all it takes and it's like not that daunting that's a really good point I um my roommate was lovely and so kind and generous with me but I left so many lights on accidentally when she would be trying to sleep it's just important to check in with yourself and really making sure that you're also trying to be so courteous of other people's you know space and time as well where'd you, where'd you live again Caroline were I you... live in uh old dorms Dabby. old dorms and mm-hmm. Logan, where were you um, an RA beforehand? So both years, actually, I was in Kent Dabney. Um, oh. it's, that was totally random, but I stayed in the exact same room, the exact same hall, um, wow. because it worked so well for me the first time that I decided to stick around. Did you have to move out then, or could you just move yes. all your stuff in there? Yes, I did <laughs> have to move out. <laughs> so you moved okay, out, and then you came back two months later to the same room. Oh, Absolutely. No. <laughs> How about your first year, though? Were you also on old dorms? Nope. I was in new dorms in Watson Webb my first year. <gasps> I was in Watson Webb this Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so so a debate then, Lauren. Yeah, you can, yeah. <laughs> you can definitely give your perspective on which one was better then. I am going to say that both are equally lovely because there's going to be people listening to no. this who don't hear the right answer. <laughs> and I honestly, I think that there are wonderful things about both of them. You cannot go wrong. Whatever dorm you're in, it's going to be wonderful. I'm going to be back in new dorms this year in Tuttle Dunnington. So I have a place in my heart for both old and new dorms. Tuttle is Watson's like best buddy right next to each other. Yes. But I really liked Watson because just the position, it was a trash dump, like the, the dump area right there. Mm-hmm. Um, really close to Slaughter, which is one of the- Wait, I'm sorry. You a, liked being close to the dumpster? Because you don't have to like walk all the way to throw your trash out versus like total Dunnington. Didn't that smell? You had to walk a little bit. No, it was, it was, it was fine. It was, it was like, well, like closed off and like clean. And they came to clean it up a lot. So, okay, but okay. you're close to Slaughter, which is a really weird name for a gen. <laughs> and then you're also pretty close to O'Hill. And you're good enough on O'Hill that you can see this beautiful view. So that's what I really liked around Watson Webb. I just feel like old dorms are the central location, but you can't go wrong. UVA is a perfect campus to walk and take buses to. And even if you're all the way over um, in Sweets or Faulkner or wherever you may be placed, you'll totally be able to make it happen and make the walk. I do want to segue a little bit though into something a little different. Logan, what do you do when a resident comes to you feeling homesick? Happens every year and it happens at every point in the year. It doesn't matter if it's like one weekend or we're nearing finals in the spring semester. It, it totally happens. And I think that might be the most important part of this is to realize that like it happens to almost everybody. And I think there's there's a lot of pressure, you know, in your first year to act like fully into the best four years of my life. I love it here. I found my people. Like, everything's going perfectly. It's probably not. Um, You know, there's a lot of, like, wonderful things going on in your life. But, you know, it's also okay if you don't have it all figured out and you don't feel like you're totally sure, like, what direction you're going in. Um, And part of that, like, might be homesickness. And so I I think the best thing that you can do for yourself is to, like, tell someone else you're feeling that way. Because almost every single time, you're going to realize that they feel the same way or something similar. And as soon as you, like, get past that, you know, everything, like, looks great on social media phase, 
um, I think that's really the really valuable relationships are formed. So my first advice is just to like talk to other people about it because, you know, with homesickness, it gets a little easier when you're sharing it with someone else, you know, and you, you don't have that complete sense, sense of loneliness. And I think that's really important. And the other thing, you know, if, if a resident is coming to talk to me about being homesick, you know, I like to ask them to tell me about like, well, what do you love so much about home and about your family? And just like get them to talk about those good things, even if that like hurts a little bit at first to think about those things that you aren't experiencing right now. But, you know, as they tell you that, you also can realize, like, what are the things that make them feel connected to home? And how can we bring that to our dorm? Or how can we incorporate that into their life at, at UVA? And so, you know, maybe a program idea will come out of that and we'll do something as a hall that's, like, really meaningful to them. And maybe no one else even knows that that's why we're doing that program, but it goes a long way for them. Or we can start, like, following up on routines that make us feel connected to home. And I can just be that person that's like, hey, did you do this this week? Um, how are you feeling this week? You know, maybe it's just as simple as like, I need to call home a little bit more. Or maybe it's, I need to like cook a meal in my like communal kitchen that reminds me of home. And so it's just like, how can we get that sense of home in this new place that we're trying to make our second home? And I think once you get there, it can feel a little bit easier, but it takes time. Yeah, vulnerability is hard. And like talking with that with another person takes a lot of trust to do that. So yeah. that's, that's one thing that I've always found reliable from my RA that like, I can always trust him. And even though like, I wouldn't like open up the fact that you know, you can trust someone is also very comforting. If you can't find friends that you trust immediately, like having that RA is really nice. I don't think I call my parents very much either. So <laughs> I think, I think that is definitely like a good point of calling home and seeing what's up, what's going on there. And, and I'm glad you mentioned like vulnerability I think you're right. Like that is a super hard thing, but I, it's something that I think is is so important to developing relationships. Um, and one thing that, you know, I try to do as an RA and, and I know other RAs try to do this as well, but like if I can like be that first person to be vulnerable in our hall, you know, that shows everyone else that like, I'm willing to do this for you. Like, are you willing to do it for me? And I think whoever wants to be that first person to have that vulnerable moment goes a really long way in creating that, that whole community or, or whatever community you're trying to be close with. But it's very much a two-way relationship. Like I want my residents to, to know what's going on in my life. You know, RAs are not these like mystical creatures that like have it all figured <laughs> out. Like, no, we're like just as confused as you are. And I like want my residents to know that. So I think vulnerability is, is key. Yeah. Making the first move, that takes a lot. And yeah. Do you think that teaches you a lot too on how to make the first move? Totally. It's, it's never easy. It's never going to be easy, but I think each time it's just a little less uncomfortable. I like, I know that it makes all the difference. I've had residents like tell me like, Hey, thank you for like being open with like what you're going through because it really does make you more willing to share, share back. And another wonderful thing about talking to your RA is everything is confidential as well. So you can come to them with anything that you need to say and know that you won't hear it um, from anyone else if you've shared it with your RA. Is that, yeah. And I know there are some excep exceptions to that confidentiality, which are important to note as well. Yeah. And those exceptions your RA will tell you about in like one of your first few hall meetings. So you know what those things are, but it's still like there's discretion, you know, if it is something an RA like has to tell someone, it'll be like a dean within housing and residence life, not your friend down the hall. Exactly. It'll never be your, your RA telling XYZ number of their friends about um, that crazy thing that was really embarrassing. 
exactly. unless unless it's like ra i ran out of tide pods can i get some then they might go to your homemates and be like Michael, did pods? you do that <laughs> you, no. you have a little story about your tide pods right okay um our laundry room in watson web was really weird one of the washers would like not drain so it would just like overflow so sometimes when you go into the laundry room there would just be like a huge puddle of water on the ground it was not pleasant and i felt really bad for all the people who wash their clothes in that one because then they have to carry their like soaked clothes to the bathroom and like squeeze it out and then put it in the dryer and then one of the dryers didn't work properly so then it wouldn't the clothes wouldn't be fully dry the funny thing was one of the RAs in my building got really pissed and she was like, who do I have to contact to get my money back? Like, I need my money back. This is so angry. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, Tide Pods are also, I think, I, I mentioned them, but they're like a dorm essential, I think. Because What other dorm essentials do we got for the first years listening? Dryer sheets. <laughs> dryer sheets. So mostly okay. laundry things. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, like, go to Pinterest and just, like, look up the dorm essentials list. I absolutely mm, have a Pinterest board for dorm life. Or if you're not a Pinterest person, I got a Google Images. Mm. Same deal. <laughs> I think you'll see mostly everything you need there. Um, a couple things, like, for me, like, a bathrobe, you know, don't be that person that doesn't have a robe and is running naked down the hallway. True story. <laughs> not my residence. That's all I can oh, say. No. So get a bathrobe. That's huge. Um, also with like laundry, something to like dry your clothes on. If you have delicates, um, Tupperware for, you know, like getting stuff to go, making a sandwich, take into class, whatever. That's an essential. Um, those are just some of the things I didn't think about before I got there. But honestly, those lists you can find online are super helpful. You can but, smuggle out a lot of cereal from the dining halls if you have some Tupperware. Michael. <laughs> that goes a long way. I'm just saying. There are some days where I wake up late, can't go to the dining hall, and like, I'm hungry, but I got to go to class. Thankfully, I have a cup full of granola that I took from the dining hall. When UPC gets sued by UVA Dining, Michael, I'm going to send oh, no. your... <laughs> I I think I... Okay, so let's open it up past dorm essentials then. Like, what's your favorite thing that you had in your dorm? I always like to have, like, art supplies around. I think, like, personally, like, art is a self-care activity for me. But you never know when you have to, like, make a birthday card for somebody or you need to, like, spruce up your decorations or whatever. I think some art supplies on hand is always a good move. I have these lights that are right here in my dorm, and I could change the color and I can like dim it. I really like that because the lights in our room whenever we turned them on they would make this really loud buzzing sound and it was quite annoying. So we always had to keep one like the one that made the sound off and to control your light setting is also like it's really bright the lights that are in the dorm. I felt like I could just dim it and like have a little bit more like relaxed kind of vibe going on. I did that as well definitely we had some string lights happening in my room. I think my dorm essential though would be a stuffed animal. Like I love <laughs> my stuffed animals and it, I just want to like put it out there. You're straight up never too old to have a stuffed animal <laughs> in your dorm. Don't let people shame you. Bring the thing from home that makes you feel cuddly and warm and taken care of. Yeah, be brave. Put it out there. I always bring my stuffed <laughs> elephant everywhere. He's coming with me when I move in. 
So that would probably be mine. Did you have a pile of it on just your bed? <laughs> no, okay, so I kept it I kept it low key. I only brought one because oh. I wasn't sure whether I was gonna get judged and I was nervous. Yeah, but now she's animals. confident. Okay. But she's <laughs> telling people you gotta be confident. Yeah, because if it's just me, it's weird. But if it's all of us, okay. One last thing relating to an RA would be like, do you ever find yourself struggling and do you talk with your SR first or your fellow RA first? RA like friends first? You know, I think it just, it sort of depends on like what the scenario is. You know, if I'm struggling because like one of my residents is struggling, which like very much happens, I think you'll find a lot of RAs are highly like empathetic and like whatever my residents are feeling, I am feeling it too. And so when it's something like that, I would definitely go to my SR um, because, you know, like I said, like we would never, you know, share anything sensitive with people who weren't like above us and like the HRL hierarchy, I guess, if you will. Um, so in that instance, like totally my SR. But you know, if it's just like, hey, like I'm feeling kind of like distance from my friends lately, because that's the thing that RAs go through. Maybe I'll just talk to another RA about it. But it is it is so comforting, comforting to know that you have a support network right there in your building. Your staff is absolutely some of your best friends and your best resources. So, you know, don't worry about your RA too much. They have their people. But also, like, I totally go to my residents. If it's, you know, just something like going on in my own life, um, they always know what's going on. And I always feel like I can talk to them. And it goes back to that, like, vulnerability piece. So I think, you know, whoever you are, whether you're an RA or resident, like, just like knowing your support network is so crucial and trying to establish that early. You know, that really goes a long way because, the going will get tough, but there's also so many good things you want to share with those people too. Do you want, would you like to share a word with your upcoming new residents and say a little hello? Oh my goodness. Well, I'll, I mean, just speaking on behalf of like all RAs and SRs, it's like get to know, you know, get to know your RA, get to know the SR in your building. They'll be there for you when when things are tough. They'll be there to celebrate your victories, big or small. I always like call myself a cheerleader for my residents. Like I'm always pumped when they accomplish something, no matter what it is. <laughs> or, you know, if they're feeling anything that's tough, I'll always be that shoulder to cry on or whatever they need that moment. So, you know, really make the effort to to connect with and trust your RA and your SR. They're not just like that scary person that lives in the apartment downstairs. Like we were RAs once. We like want to be there for you as well. And just, you know, take it all in stride and know that you have someone down the hall or on another floor that's rooting for you along the way. Do you know the list of the names that are going to be your residents yet? No? Oh. Not yet. I don't know who they are, but I adore them already. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes. Hello to all of Logan's residents listening. You have the very, very best SR. And if you don't have Logan, you also have the very, very best SR. So just look forward um, to getting to know the awesome HRL housing residential life staff at UVA. Well, thank you so much for coming on with us, Logan. Thank you guys for having me. Love chatting. It's been a, a really good time. And um, thank you all who are listening at home for tuning in. We hope you've learned a little bit about what it is to be an RA. And we hope you feel a little less nervous about maybe meeting yours as you come on to ground. All right. Bye, everyone. See you next week.